Kohelet, Perek Yud Aleph. Over here, Kohelet begins the conclusion of the book. The conclusion of Kohelet uh, reaches until uh, Perek Yud Bet, uh, Pasuk Het. So there are uh, the ten Pesukim in Perek Yud Aleph and the first uh, eight Pesukim of Perek Yud Bet. They form the conclusion of the book. The last few Pesukim of the book are the epilogue, uh, which I don't think we'll get to in this year. We'll get to in the next one, along with uh, final concluding words about the Sefer. Anyway, here is the conclusion of the book. Kohelet starts as follows. Perek Yud Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, Shalach Lachmecha Al Peneh Hamayim Send out your bread upon the waters. Kiberov Hayamim Timsa'enu For in the long course of time, you will find it. Kohelet basically begins the conclusion over here by giving advice uh, to the listener. Uh, he's He's giving... Uh, advice based on the unpredictability of events. Okay, and what he's saying over here is the bread in Pasuk Aleph is a metaphorical representation for Parnasa, uh, for one's uh, for one's living. And what he's saying over here is in the attempt to make a living, uh, spread your bets, so to speak. Uh, don't don't just focus on one thing. Spread your bets across the entire face of the water. Kiberov hayamim timsa enu. Because it's possible that if you if you diversify enough, so to speak, you will end up uh, hitting the jackpot at some point. You will find it in the it, at some point in the long days uh, that you may have. He's not. I don't think Kohelet is saying that for sure. Timtzeinu. He's saying if you diversify enough, maybe you'll find something. Pasuk bet ten chelik leshiva vegam lishmona ki lo teda ma yihiyera al haaris. It seems over here like he's talking about planting uh, different types of crops, plant seven or eight different crops. Why he uses the numbers seven or eight uh, is a machloket among the different nefarshim. But what he's telling, he's, he's basically repeating the maxim in the first pasuk, telling you diversify yourself across a few different types of uh, uh, crops when you plant your fields. It's very interesting formulation over here. He doesn't tell you because you don't know which one will succeed. He tells you because you know for sure there will be uh, some sort of evil that will make some of them not succeed, so make sure you plant a bunch of them. In the next two Pesukim, Gimel and Dalet, Kohelet uh, actually comes out against uh, those who think that through uh, different signs in nature, one can divine uh, what to do in his fields, what to do in his crops. In the ancient world, there would be uh, magicians or sorcerers who would, uh, who would basically, their entire livelihood would be trying to tell farmers that based on certain patterns in nature, this is the way the farmer should tend to his field. Kohelet comes out against this over here in Pasuk Gimel. If the clouds uh, uh, are filled with water, and the water ends up on the ground through rain, obviously, yariku. It's not a sign of anything. What it means is that the clouds are now empty. It doesn't mean anything else. If a tree falls in the south, or if it falls in the north, also it doesn't mean anything. All it means is, the place where it falls, that's where it is. 
You can't tell anything from that. Pasuk Dalet Shomer Ruach Lo If you constantly try to ascertain the direction of the wind, you're never going to end up planting anything. And if you constantly try to ascertain the direction of the clouds, you're never going to harvest. Pasuk He Kasher Enecha Yodea Ma Ruach. Just like you don't know the direction of the wind. Ka'atzamim Bebeten Hamele'a. Just like you cannot actually tell What's inside a pregnant belly? You can't tell the 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 bones that are inside uh, a pregnant uh, a pregnant stomach. This was obviously before sonograms. So you cannot know the work of God. He will be doing everything. Everything comes from God. There's no superstitious signs. Uh, you can't tell anything from the signs. Uh, just like you can't tell, but you know it's there. Of the of the uh, fetus in the womb, you know that the fetus is there, you know something's there, but you can't see it, so you know that God controls what happens on this earth, but you can't foretell it. So what should you do? Pasuk vav, baboker, zera in the morning, plant your uh, your seeds. Vela'erev al yadecha, in the evening, do not rest, also plant your seeds. You don't know which will succeed, what you plant in the morning or what you plant in the evening. Or whether, uh, and this is uncharacteristic optimism almost from Kohelet, whether both will succeed. Pasuk Zain, and speaking of uh, optimism, this seems like more optimism, but we'll see in a second that it's not. Umatok haor. The light is sweet, and it is good for the eyes to see the sun. In other words, uh, to enjoy the light, to see the light. If a man is, uh, is lucky enough to live many years, he should be happy in all of them. He should be merry in all of them. He should remember the days of darkness. Because they will be many. What he seems to be saying over here is that uh, you should enjoy the light. The light is sweet. And the reason you should enjoy the light is because the days of light will not be all that many. The days of darkness will be many more than the days of light. And yet the entire thing, uh, the entire life is Havel. What he means over here is not that life is insubstantial, although he, he may mean that, and he may mean that, he may be saying that in other places. I don't think he means that here. What he means is that life is ephemeral. It's short. It ends quickly. Havel in this case, uh, just like the breath uh, dissipates quickly, life also dissipates quickly. And even within that quick life, most of the days will be darkness. And so enjoy the days of light. Rejoice, young man, in your youth. And let your heart be merry in the days of your youth, in the days of your prime. And go in the ways of your heart. And in the, uh, in the ways that your eyes guide you. And know that God will bring you uh, to judgment on uh, all of these things. Just a, a quick comment on this pasuk. The modern academic commentators almost uh, universally see this pasuk as uh, as the beginning of the pasuk being written by the original Kohelet, and the end of the pasuk where it says, 
was written by a quote-unquote religious editor afterwards. And what Koelet is doing at the beginning of the Pasuk is almost advocating a hedonistic lifestyle. Uh, seems almost the exact opposite of uh, what the Torah says, So what the, the sort of modern interpretation to this is, Kohelet is uh, advocating a hedonistic lifestyle, and really this final saying of God's judgment was just inserted by an editor afterwards. I think given what we know about Kohelet's attitude towards foolishness, given what we know about Kohelet's attitude towards the attainment of wealth uh, and, and towards many other uh, pursuits which could be called hedonistic, this sort of interpretation, is, it, it's a little bit too much. It's almost a forced interpretation. I think the Peshat here makes a lot more sense, uh, particularly given the many interjections that we've seen from Kohelet about how a person should enjoy himself in the moment, should enjoy what what God gives him at any particular point in time. What he's saying is that a person in his youth, while he's still strong, uh, while while he still has the ability uh, to enjoy life to its fullest, should indeed enjoy life to, his, to its fullest. But he should know that there are limits to that enjoyment. And if he breaches those limits, that God will judge him for breaches of those limits. Right? Nowhere does it say that a person who is religious, who keeps uh, all the, the dictates of the Torah, nowhere does it say that that person cannot also enjoy life and enjoy the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him at the moment that he has them. Pasuk Yod, Behaser Ka'as Milebecha, remove worry and stress from your heart, Vehaaver Ra'ami Besarecha, and remove uh, wickedness from your flesh, because youth and one's prime shaharut coming from the shoresh shahor when a person's hair is still dark, still black. Youth and one's prime is ephemeral; it uh, it ends quickly. So enjoy it while you still have it. And therefore, pasuk perek yudbet pasuk aref uzchor et poreecha bime bechurotecha. Remember your Creator. Uh, in the days of your youth, uh, I don't think the Peshat here is, is the way the Midrash interpreted it as uh, you should remember to follow the mitzvot in the days of your youth. I think the Peshat here is you should remember to appreciate the gifts that your Creator gave you in the moment that you have them uh, in your youth, because as we'll see, he'll be discussing how uh, once youth passes, uh, the life isn't as great anymore. So you should remember the gift of youth while you are still young. Before the years of evil come, and over here he doesn't mean uh, a moral evil, he means a physical evil, meaning before uh, your body starts falling apart, which you will discuss uh, metaphorically in a second. And years will come, in which you'll say, This is uh, Kohelet's sort of description of old age. This is when a person becomes officially old, when he says, I have uh, no desire to live further. So remember God's gifts, Kohelet says, before you reach the age where you basically say, I don't want to live anymore. And here in Pasuk Bet uh, of Perek Bet, Kohelet starts with a metaphorical and poetic uh, description of death. And this is what he will end the book in. Uh, uh, quite characteristically, of course, because death has been a preoccupation of Kohelet throughout the entire book. And so he ends the book, his conclusion of the book is a uh, poetic, uh, very melancholy and piercing 
uh, description of death. Pasuk bet, Ad asher lo tehshach hashemesh vehaor vehayareach vehakochavim. Remember God, Kohelet says, before the light of the sun goes dark, vehaor, and the little bit of light that's present after the sun goes down also goes dark, vehayareach vehakochavim. And before the any any other light that's left, even even the light that's not during the daylight, before the light of the moon and the stars also goes dark. And remember God before the clouds return after the rain and the, the sky gets dark again. Pasuk Gimel Bayom on the day that the Guards of the house will start trembling, and the metaphor here is to the hands and the arms. When the person gets older, uh, his his hands, his body starts trembling, and his hands and his arms uh, start trembling. Kohelet, Kohelet's metaphor here is for the uh, decay of the physical person uh, approaching death. On the day that the guards of the house will tremble, and the stalwart men, uh, the metaphor for the, the legs, will become crooked. And the maids who grind uh, are idle. This is the, the metaphor for one's teeth. They're, why are they idle? Because there are so few of them. And those who are watching from the windows go dark. And that's a metaphor uh, for one's eyes as he goes blind in old age. Pasuk Talet, Besugeru Delatayim Bashuk Bishfal Kol HaTachana And the doors of the market close as the sound of the mill dies down. The metaphor here is for the lips that close as the person uh, no longer has much to say. Ve'yakom lekol HaTzipor And as the person gets older, uh, he gets up from his slumber, from his sleep, to any small little sound. He no longer gets a deep sleep. He gets up even just to the birds chirping. They wake him up in the middle of the night. And in order for the person to be able to listen to music, if someone's singing, he has to be shah, he has to bend down in order to hear people singing. It's quite the depressing image over here of an older person who anything wakes him up, but in order for him to enjoy uh, some sort of sound, he has to bend down just to listen to it. Pasuk he gamigavoa yirau vehathatim baderech. As a person gets older, he's afraid to uh, uh, traverse a pathway that that uh, has a steep incline. You can imagine an older person uh, who can who's scared of going up the stairs. Vehathatim baderech. He's also scared of obstacles as he walks. In the in the particular way, he's afraid that something will on the way will make him fall. And the almond blossoms, an almond tree when it blossoms uh, turns white, and so a person's hair, the metaphor is, turns white. And the locust becomes weighed down. You can imagine uh, an image of an older person who's uh, walking slowly, almost crippled as if he's weighed down by something. And the caper fruit falls apart. It's a metaphor for uh, the wrinkling of the skin. Because a person goes 
to the house of his eternity, uh, his death, obviously, and the eulogizers who will be speaking about him after his death uh, start surrounding him in the market and asking him, uh, potentially asking him, what they what he wants them to say about uh, about him after he passes. Or maybe they're just talking to one another about what they'll say about him after he passes. But either way, we're supposed to imagine the the congregation of eulogizers uh, in the in the market as he's approaching his death. Pasuk Vav Ad, and again the word Ad is supposed to take you back to what Kohelet was telling you before the metaphor started. He he's telling the young person to uh, remember God in the days of his youth, to enjoy what he has while he has it, to appreciate the gifts that God gave him. Before the silver cord snaps, and the golden bowl smashes, and the pitcher is broken against the walls of the well, and the jug smashes on the bottom of the pit. Here, this pasuk is a particularly violent metaphor for death, and Kohelet portrays death over here as the destruction of precious objects, and the precious object, of course, being life, or the smashing of the implements that are typically used uh, at the site of a well in order to draw water. Water being a universal metaphor for life, and the implements that are, uh, that are normally used to draw this water are now being smashed. And the dust returns to the earth as it was. You can sort of imagine that there's a uh, there's a double meaning over here. The dust can return to the earth, meaning after the grave has been dug, the dust goes on top of the uh, uh, of the casket. That's one way of looking at it. Or he can actually be referring with the dust to the human body. the The human body itself is dust, and it's re- returning to uh, to the land that it came from. And of course, in that way, it would be a metaphor that Kohelet is borrowing uh, from Bereshit. And while the human body goes down uh, back into the earth, the the ruach, the life breath, returns uh, to God, uh, which gave the life breath originally uh, to into the body. Parenthetically, this last line over here is another proof that Kohelet, uh, uh, contra much of the modern academic interpretation, uh, Kohelet very much does believe in the uh, eternity of the soul. Uh, he just, as we read earlier, does not necessarily think that the eternity of the soul provides a solution for the Hevel here on earth. Pasuk Het, and this is the final line of Kohelet before the epilogue, Havel Havalim Amar HaKohelet HaKol Merest breath, said Kohelet, everything all is mere breath. And with this pasuk, Kohelet ends uh, the, the formal part of his writing, the same exact way that he started it, Havel Havalim Amar Kohelet. The last, uh, last few pesukim in Kohelet from pasuk Tet through Yudalid, the last, uh, these last five pesukim are in fact an epilogue uh, to Kohelet, and we will discuss them along with a proper conclusion uh, to the book as a whole in the next Shirod.